0: So I was in uh, Amalfi Coast last summer, oh, yeah. and I'm sitting on a lounge chair. It's what I do. And like downtown. Yeah. And then all <laughs> of a sudden, it's a tiny hotel. There's probably 24 guests there, yeah, right? Yeah. It's- uh, Il, we- Il San Pietro. Il San Pietro. So it's like a like super nice, like exclusive yeah. hotel. It's on the top of the mountain. You look out. It's all yachts. It's just incredible. And- uh, all of a sudden, I hear my name, and it's, <laughs> it's Darren Ravel. <laughs> of course it is. Um, did you have a nice time? Yeah, yeah it was I, great. I don't even think we talked about this. Did you love the Amalfi Coast? Yeah, it was great. Sick, Amazing. right? Yeah, so sick. Uh, I had never been there before. Was I it your not, first time? Yeah. Okay. Are you going to go back? Wild. Uh,
1: I don't know. I gotta, I gotta There's a lot, lot of parts lot of, of Italy that I we'll want to see. You guys use yeah. the same travel agent? No. <laughs> it's the best of the best. Like, that's the best of the best. That's, the top, yeah. that's
0: the top hotel there is. Yeah. We only stay there for two nights. So… I don't know. I told you this this week, but this is our hundredth show. Yeah, I was just told So that. It's amazing. what an what an what an amazing I'll, guest I'll, for our hundredth show.
1: I'll I'll try to make it great. We got a lot to talk
0: about. I'm not I'm not worried about it in the <laughs> least. Um. All right, how are we looking, guys? Good. You guys okay. see the uh, the sphere
2: light up? Yeah, pretty so. pretty
1: crazy. It's the first thing James Dolan's done right. Are you gonna Are you gonna go? I mean, I'll be there. I'll be. At, in Vegas, you mean? Yeah. yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, I go to Vegas plenty of times. so I'll be in Vegas. So there's a small... They're having a, they're having a, a betting hall of fame induction. And Billy Walter, mm. who's like the supposedly the best gambler of all time, who's never had a public appearance, is going to be there on a show up. Oh, really?
0: Yeah. What, at the Sphere? Or just at a thing at, in Vegas? At the Circa, at the Stadium
1: Swim. Okay. But yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm
2: going to the Giants game. Oh, nice. First time Vegas. I've been
0: there. I saw the Sphere being built. It's just... Unbelievable. I'm, I might go for U2's residency. Oh, okay. To actually
1: go to go to
0: a- Well, so I have an event in October that I'm speaking at. It's like a Wednesday, a, a Wednesday in October, right. random. But then one of those nights is one of the U2 dates. Right, so you should go. I feel like I should go, yeah, right? you should go. Yeah. Um, Sherry's going with you? No, solo. You going to go to a
2: <laughs> concert by yourself? What do you mean?
1: No, uh, I'll get Fami or something. What con- uh, what, what's your What's your band or what's your show?
2: Well- I I was I went to the Heat game by myself. Heat, okay. Boston game. Yeah, three. he's right. doing that Shit all the time. That's I don't fine. Care. But I've never been to a sports game by myself. Right. I go to movies by myself right. all the time. Right. But sports game. That's really. Fun. I feel like that's something that you would have done. It's go to yeah. I mean, you, you don't care. But in New York, I go with friends. What's your
1: what's your band or what's your? Oh uh, my band.
2: Eh, like classic really rock. Okay. My first concert was Meatloaf, Loaf, Bed Out of Hell, 1994 at the Garden.
0: Yeah, my, Michael has uh, speakers on his jet ski. And whenever he's driving by, he'll like, sweet home Alabama. Oh my God. It's a little before I his have, time.
1: I have, t- I have the earliest Bruce Springsteen ticket anyone's had. It's him, per- it's him performing in a parking garage in 1970 for $2.50. <laughs> it's perfect it's a great ticket. <laughs> perfect. All right. We
0: actually have a birthday here. And uh, I know it's tomorrow. It's tomorrow. Happy birthday. You told us that you you were looking for donuts last week. (laughs) Mm. Oh, wow. (laughs) Look at that. That's amazing. Can we sing sing? a little? There's no candle.
2: Happy birthday to you. you. Happy birthday to to you. you. Happy birthday, dear Nicole.
1: Happy birthday Wow, you really pulled this, this off. Are You You can't open the box. Are I love you, Krispy Kreme. What are, are you he doing you here? Doing? You okay? No, I think... He doesn't know how to open it. That's how you... It's it's gonna It's going to fall oh, all on the floor. Give me, me, on, give me these these donuts. Oh my God. Wait, now now Wait, that's is that serial you killer. You can't Absolutely. do that. Yeah, or it's or not that's not how you open it. That's not how you open it.
0: You're going to spill donuts on That's how John Wayne Gacy opens it. I want the first
1: donut.
2: You get whatever you want. This box is going to be worth money someday for Nicole's. Nicole, are you 18? 25th birthday. <laughs> <laughs> All I right. Ha-
0: happy birthday. Is it good?
2: Mm, yeah. I mean, so, th- I these cream. are... S- Me too.
1: You're a, Chris- you're a big Krispy Kreme? Yeah. Okay. Everybody have a donut. I'm uh, going to have one. I'm going to have one. Uh, oh, I got to try to make one final phone call before we start. I'm most
2: having a pre-podcast donut. I love
0: Is it
1: good?
2: A pre-podcast donut. Mm. So good. Dude, <laughs> we could do without the sound effects. No, I have this once a year. What? Did a donut? You know? a Krispy Kreme.
0: Did you know that Krispy Kreme? Gives
2: you. This is like three ASMR. Three
0: dozen donuts
2: on your birthday. Holy shit! This is, so birthday good. is that right?
0: Mm-hmm. You're not crispy. Oh, you're vegan. I was gonna go pick some up. Duncan, you ever eat one of these? I grew up literally like three blocks from I a know. Krispy Kreme. I. It's a North Carolina thing. Yeah, Remember when the hot I time, ate tons time was of on Krispy Kreme? Have you had turn- a
1: pop up bagel yet?
0: No, I saw. The, I saw you post about that. You're involved with that.
1: Oh, I'm, I own fifteen percent. They shit.
0: said it's the best bagel store what in the world. What is
1: the People go. People go. Let me see the business plan. I go. I don't need to see the business plan. This is the craziest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Every bagel before that is just a vessel to put your shit on. That in and of itself. Why is, is
0: it so good? I know a lot about bagels. I can't,
1: I can't tell you really why it's so good. Like it's the formula.
0: No, don't give that. me the formula. But, but like oh, it's it's oh, something oh, about oh, the oh, way oh, the oh, box, ingredients oh, okay. or the yeah. way
1: they make. Making- it's the way it's it's crispy on the outside, doughy yeah, on here. the inside, and a- chewy, perfect. Like when oh, you go, really? you go. And it will. You see, when you see people eat it, you'll get what I'm saying with chewy, hot, and hot right out and of the hot, oven is the way to do hot. it. And you rip it and dip it. So you, you, they have artisan cream cheeses, and then you dip it in trout roe. Oh,
0: so oh, so you're not like cream cheesing it with a knife. You're dipping you're it,
1: ripping it, and dipping it. I had six the first time I tried it.
0: I saw what you posted. It's so covered with seeds. It's covered. Yes, there's no surface area. No. It's no. all seeds. No, and this.
1: here's the other thing. Where it hold on. I am trying to find where where my door is, and I'm, I'm having a very hard time. Very seedy.
0: Yeah, so it's covered.
1: Wait, where is it I'm located? getting it delivered to my house. I oh, was told between 2 and 3, and it's 3, and it's not there. Thompson Street?
2: Oh, it's in the village, I think, right? Yeah. I need a napkin.
0: We might
1: have to do a field trip.
0: Oh, Add another donut. Hold
1: on one second, guys. I'm sorry I'm doing this. I have to...
0: What are you waiting for, a door?
1: A, a vault door. Who brings that Amazon Prime? Okay, okay, a f- real freight company. So the pop-up bagel stories is this guy who, who does municipal storm drains in Connecticut. And during co- Joe. during COVID, Adam Goldberg. Yeah, Joe. And, wow. and, and during COVID, he's just f-ing around. And he's like, let me let me try to. I want to make the best bagel, and he does. And people start stopping at his door. So he, it's during COVID, he's opening up his kitchen door and handing bagels. Be like, you gotta sell this. So I knew one. His cousin in, invests with me, so he's like, you gotta try this. I try it. I'm like, what's your funding situation? He's like, nothing. I'm like, well, let me just. I'll just let me just give you ten thousand dollars just so that my foot is in the door here. Yeah. No, didn't no business plan, nothing. And then he won the Brooklyn Bagel contest, which is where everyone goes. And then he won the Brooklyn Bagel contest again. And then I'm like, all right, let me let me me get in Let me get in. I go, here's the deal though. It's got. It's going to be a fran- It's going to be a franchise model, but you're going to get the six percent on the franchise model. But you're, then you're going to get the twenty percent on actually sending the pucks of bagels. People aren't making their own bagels. You're actually going to. So you'll get twenty five percent of the money because they're going to have to buy. They're over.
0: selling the dough as a puck that a, you can make at home. As a frozen
1: puck, yes. And then I go and 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 we're going to get Blaze Pizza as the main investor here because guess whose ovens aren't being used from six to eleven. <laughs> I like and, this, and and so is Blaze Lebron. We're, yes, and okay. we're gonna, so we're going to build like spokes of a bicycle. We're just going to keep building. But the one thing is we needed virality. So my brother is in real estate, and he got right next to Carbone. He got this a small space right next to Carbone, and then all of a sudden over the last like, you you can only order three bit three six or twelve. Um, I mean the average order is a hundred and twelve dollars oh my god and and jared goff showed up there it showed up at 6 50 in the morning with his model fiance uh just to beat the the crowd is four to six hundred deep on saturday sunday and then or you and then the other businesses are you order ahead of time so for the hamptons yeah, for the hamptons it's sold out on monday for saturday oh my god so people place an order yep and then you show you, you show up. Your name's on a bag. They hand you the bag. It tells you what time to show up. They have people with iPads. It's like it's not like a bagel. We wanted to make it like it's not like anything. So like it's not a bagel. If you walk in, they'll be like, "You can't walk in." But here's a free bagel just to like extend the
0: right. But just, they're selling three, yes. six, or twelve. Yes. Okay, and all the spreads.
1: You get two of the spreads, and the spreads are like, Uts cheese ball, cream cheese, like uh uh. David Chang's, Momofuku, Chili Crisp, but, like, each of them oh are things God. you've never tasted before. Okay. And then the Trout Row is I my idea. I just had idea. a foodgasm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Trout Row was my idea because always, I'm always, i always, like, a bagel, cream cheese, and caviar guy. And that's that would be done incredible.
0: Okay. So when is it open?
1: I can't stand these people.
0: <coughs> All right. You're going to be okay?
1: Yeah. If they uh, – let me just – I just need to say because we got to start. Okay. Uh <laughs> – kink on hold forever they say it's coming today darren's vault door (laughs) (laughs) okay let's go
0: this is the first time the guest has started the show darren says let's go let's start it's the hundred show let's go (laughs) all right all right john what show is this Episode 100.
2: There we go. Welcome to The Compound and Friends. All opinions expressed by Josh Brown, Michael Batnick, and their castmates are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Ritholds Wealth Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for any investment decisions. Clients of Ritholds Wealth Management may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. Today's show is brought to you by Public Dunk, and I'm wearing a t-shirt and I am staring down, I can't see what it says. What does it say? It says stars, stripes, and yield. There we go. Star, stripes, and yield. Independence day. Best holiday there is. Uh, it is my intention to buy treasuries, and I'm gonna do it on public. There, I said it, I'm gonna do it. Right now, it's Thursday, July 6th, and I've seen the two year at 4.98%. Got as high as I mean, it's high. That is a high rate of return. for two-year If you want to learn more about how you can open up an account with Public, buy treasuries issued from the great United States of America do your part, be a patriot it is public.com slash compound, there you have it
0: public.com slash compound Episode 100 Nicole's jumping, Nicole's going nuts Happy birthday Nicole, she's on a sugar high Darren Ravel is here So exciting all uh, right, who's in the house? Rob is here. Tucker is here. Uh, Duncan and John are controlling the screen and the cameras and the audio. Michael Batnick, my co host, as always. I am here. I'm your host, Downtown Josh Brown. And we are here with our special 100th episode guest, Mr. Darren Ravel. Darren, say hello to everyone. I'm honored. All right. We're so happy to have you here today. It's a big show. I, to- I only told you the middle of the week, it's our 100th show. And uh, you pulled out all the stops from what I saw in your in your uh, bag of tricks. So I got a bag. All right. Pretty excited to get into that stuff. Um, let me give you a proper introduction. Bear with me one moment. So most people in our audience probably know you from your days at CNBC. This right. is the official intro we have for you, but then you can elaborate. Darren Ravel is a sports business analyst for the Action Network. He currently focuses on the stories happening in the business of sports betting. Darren is also the author of First and Thirst, which won an Emmy, right?
1: Or did that win an Emmy? 30 Best Business Books of 2005. Is that right? And that's the Gatorade story. And then I I did win an Emmy, but the Emmy was a little cheap. We'll talk about that. The Emmy was
0: swoosh inside Nike. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Welcome, Welcome to the show, Darren. We're so happy to have you. Are you excited for this? Super excited. This is like all in your wheelhouse. I think this is my idea. (laughs) <laughs> it's, this is all in your, this is all in your wheelhouse. All right. So you, so you and I first met, you were reporting for CNBC sports business. I was at
1: ESPN from 2000 to 2006. Okay. ESPN hired me at 22. Uh, dream, I, job? I, dream job? Dream uh, yeah. job. It was crazy. Wait, uh, how'd you pull that off? So it started when I was 10 and I knew faster than all my friends that I sucked at sports, but loved them so much. So I knew right away, I wasn't going to be a pro player. Okay. So I started to do journalism. I had a magazine that I sold for a dollar at lunch and all, all the things going on. That's, uh, the, and like, the, uh,
0: that's like Dave from
1: Barstool. And, yeah. And then by the time it got to like my bar mitzvah, I was the first person at someone else's bar mitzvah to take the fortune cover that yeah. they, all the dads posed with and posed with a bat because I love the business side of sports. Okay. And, you know, if you, if you look at Uh, Malcolm Gladwell's Outliers. He talks about how Bill Gates and Steve Jobs were born in the same year. And the reason why that's perfect is because computers were there for the first year in the library. That's the first year you could tinker with computers when their first year in college. For me, the dream of covering sports business corresponds to that exact timeline. Uh, When I was 13, that's when anchors-
0: 1991.
1: Yeah, that's when anchors- Started to say what someone made when they reported who this player. This player was just signed. He made one point seven like Stuart, million dollars. Scott yeah, or? those. No, back then it was Dan Patrick and, 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 and Berman yeah. and Oberman. Yeah, and and so all of a sudden people cared about money. Like, and and what was weird is fans took it as if it was their money. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and and so and then I started to think about that and how no one covered it. And then by the time you know I got to college, there was Sports Business Daily, which was like an inside trade publication and then Sports Business Journal. And I was thinking to myself, well, how do I not toil in the markets, in the small markets as a journalist and be relevant right away? So that was my plan. And I think like kind of through watching my dad, my dad was a niche guy. So he was one of the few guys who had a PhD in biophysics and biochemistry and had a marketing degree. Okay, that's got to be pretty rare. In, in, in all of, of, when you think about f- big pharma, yeah. there's many times where the scientists are not talking to the marketers and right. that's billions of dollars of mistakes on timing and everything else. So he started Jeffrey Revell and & Associates and got seven guys like him who had the medical degree and the marketing degree and everyone had to hire him. So yeah. like I understood there the importance of being the best in the world at something even so small. But then I realized like, oh, people want to hear about the business of sports. Like in the beginning, like maybe not. Like, what are you doing? I'm watching Tiger. I don't want to see like how much he makes when he sinks that putt. Yeah. But, and so I had a sports business radio show, the only one in the country when I was at Northwestern and I got everyone, like everyone, like, the Green Bay Packers fire Ray Rhodes as an African-American coach. Uh, the next day, I'm on, I'm on the horn with Jesse Jackson. I'm getting team presidents, CEOs. Why? No one's talking to them. Yeah. Athletes don't want to talk to you. We These guys want to talk.
0: We take it for granted. My kid is 14 years old. He could tell you what everybody in the NBA is. Of, of course. Their contracts, course. how many Which years. Which is wild
1: because in 90 you know, – I've just seen this – all go through and yeah it's it's wild. So okay. so so uh I went to ESPN. ESPN came to Northwestern they're looking to hire an intern. Uh I said I'm gonna cover the business sports for you. Luckily it wasn't an you you talk about the moments of luck that you have in your life. Like it wasn't an HR person. If it were an HR person And it wasn't an executive, the HR person would say, we're not here to hire for that job. But it was a guy who said, "Mm, okay. Um, And I'm like, why do you guys allow AP and Reuters to write your stories on the front page? when you don't allow anyone but Peter Gammons to write baseball why cuz you're the worldwide leader in sports god damn it and that means you have to be the worldwide leader in sports business and they he's like why you i'm like cuz i've read every book i can tell you what happened in the 60s, 70s before i was born you were ready for this and moment. i'm ready and yeah. there was one more thing that made it uh, the difference which is in 2000 like that you got to understand that's where like the internet's coming up and it totally flips the hierarchy of we need an old person to start a job. Like we, we can't, at ESPN, we can't allow a 21 year old kid to cover something. Yeah. But the internet, even though I wasn't a tech geek, the internet flipped the hierarchy of young kids are cool. Yeah. And, and so that allowed me also to get the job. So for six years, I am the, and it's a little bit longer than you wanted, but for six years, I am the geek at the Sports Network. When did they start putting you on the air? You are
0: writing for them I first. was writing for
1: ESPN.com. I was on the air within a year. Okay. Um, Dale Earnhardt died, and how big NASCAR was, and I remember I'm sitting on Sports Center set with Kenny Mayne, and I'm like, God, this is crazy. I'm 22. I'm like, God, this is was crazy. Your, was your family or were your friends like, wait? Darren's yeah. on TV. Yeah, but they always thought I would be on, they always thought I'd be at ESPN just because since I was 10, like that guy was networking when he was seven, <laughs> yeah, 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 you know? Yeah. So like, I wouldn't say that people like didn't think, but yes, I mean, it was surreal for yeah. me and for them. And uh, yeah, so I did that for six years and then- How did you get to CNBC? I got in a fight with, Di- so so Jonathan Wald- Yeah, uh, shout uh, to Jonathan. On the money tonight. Yeah. Uh, Dylan he had me on he had had me on a show and I got in a fight with Dylan Radigan okay. about how he was wrong, and it was very, very contentious. Over what you can't win curling. a fight, you can't curling. win a fight. With, uh, it was Dylan over curling. I know it was a curling. Yeah. Okay. And uh, what are you doing? And um, and <laughs> so uh, and that w- and he's like, "Man, I love you." He's like, "We need to get the volume up on CNBC. Everyone's listening with the volume off. We gotta have someone covering the business of sports. We want someone who'd be oh, like, 'Oh, let's get you know, let's turn it up. Let's turn it up.'" And, you know, credit to him. I think it worked out well, and it luckily it was at the time where it could happen. If I was hired in 2016, where every time you have to have the president, anytime you have to take the president, I would have never been able to get the things I got done, the fun stuff I got done. It was the perfect time, um, the Beijing Olympics, the Vancouver Olympics, two like of the best. And you were sent to all of these events. Sent sent to, I I basically said, I want to go here, I want to go there, you know, and pretty much got on the air every time except when we went to the masters, I said, let's rent out a master's house and show the business of what it's like to have the masters. Okay. <laughs> so I'm in my pajamas. I'm a, you know, a jokester. I'm in my pajamas. I have like the, the sleeping hat. Um, I, I'm I'm going to do like a hit while cooking an egg. And, uh, and they say in my ear, they're like, yeah, I don't think you're going to be on air today. I'm <laughs> like, what? They're like, yeah, Emil just announced the first losing quarter for GE in 15 years. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh my god. Mr. Ravel, enjoy <laughs> enjoy your act. I I enjoy your place. Yeah. They I don't know. use the term bumped, but
0: that's yeah, a bumping. So
2: Dan, you covered the business of sports, but the business of sports business is a business. And ESPN is the worldwide leader in sports yep. still, but they're going through it right now. they have been for a while.
1: I think I think what you know, I always wanted to I always wanted to be a reporter instead of Being an anchor, because once you're reading, if you're reading the prompter, you're just, you know, it's very hard to 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 have longevity if you're reading the prompter. So I always thought those jobs were tough. But in the last five to six years, you have to be a personality. And I love the people who I worked with who got let go. But it's hard to argue, you know, potentially Pat McAfee is worth 20 of them. That's how it works today. People, people go and invest and listen to personalities. So I was, but what I about Jeff and Gundy? Like,
0: yeah, Jeff and uh, Jalen Rose. So is JJ coming it's to hard, replace them? It's,
1: it's hard. It's really hard. I think it's really hard to think about that they have to cut those guys when it's Disney. Like, like can't you cut like? Yeah,
0: garbage cleaning for Unless one day. Unless there's stuff it's behind like a, the scenes that everyone is not aware and it allo- of,
1: and it allows you to do something. But that's a lot of people. There, there is brand attrition when you do things. I mean, I uh, one of the weirdest things I think in business today is like people. Who make decisions or decisions that are made, and they think that the brand there's no impact on the brand. It's like White Claw all of a sudden's like, no, no, we don't have that malt stuff anymore. Now we have vodka, and yeah. they think that people are automatically going to buy the vodka. No, you serve me crap. Right. So how so, f-
0: how fast does like TNT call uh, Jeff Gundy after? Yeah, so, yeah, Jeff yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean,
1: a- f, yeah, like I mean, if I mean he's he's a known quantity, he's a known offense. quantity, and he's he's a curmudgeon. He like needles into the side of the NBA, which as a as a fan it's is a fun yeah. thing to do, right? Yeah. Like he's not like under the umbrella. Like he'll say something on fouls that he knows that Adam Silver is gonna get pissed at him for. Disney
0: know? stocks at a 52 week low right now. One of the key issues, um, there are many issues right now, but one of the key issues is what do you do with ESPN? Is it a standalone company? Is it, can the app be a standalone app? Is that a business? What's your latest thinking on what they should do I mean, there's, with, there's, with that? There,
1: If you're spinning out, there's no debate that the brand, the tentacles that you can build are – it's not good. Like, I remember, hey, yeah, no-brainer, ESPN the phone, ESPN the ESPN zones. Like, I, I think the brand is as bad as it's ever been. Yeah. So it's hard to then say, oh, spin off, because once you say spin off, you're like, oh, look at all the things that we can we can build around it. I you think, lose those ties with yeah. Disney well, I, at the same I, time.
2: Like millions of other people, I grew up religiously watching Sports Center, and it's probably been 20 years because I don't need to see the highlights at 11 o'clock you see them on your phone on someone Twitter.
1: someone I will admit this someone got fired last week and she said she was a sports center anchor for four years and I didn't know who she was
0: yeah, yeah. that's com- that's probably common now yeah. is that your door take it take my the take take the call
1: <laughs> hello hey how are you can I call you back yes, sir. okay not my door I'm in the
0: middle. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, I want to do a little bit of market stuff, Darren, okay. and then we'll 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 get into da- all things down Revel. Um, but we just finished the first half of the year. How closely do you follow uh, stocks or I, the, I know you general, follow the economy.
1: I have, C- I, I have CNBC in in the background every day. Oh, right, yeah. so you get a
0: lot of me. Um, did you know it's been the best first half start for the S and P 500. Since 2019? No. <laughs> Four whole
2: years ago. All right.
0: No. Um, so let's just go through this. This is from Savita Subramanian uh, from Bank of America. And she put out something this weekend, just wrapping up what happened in the first half. Savita's like the Stephen A for uh, sell size. <laughs> she, well, she's more stats no, no, I'm, than— No, no, she's not Stephen yeah. A at all. So she basically said everyone was bearish, everything rallied. And every major asset class went up this year except for commodities, which I actually didn't know. Um, And I just want to pull a couple of things out of here. So the S&P 500 finished the first half up 6.6% in June total return, year to date up 16.9%. Again, best first half in four years. What's notable about that is this is a a year where pretty much everyone went into it bearish. Like how good could things possibly be? Because of this, because of this, because of this. and the 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 standout thing that happened that drove that was the consumer. And I would imagine in your businesses, you must see a lot of that consumer strength. Today we got an ADP report saying in June alone, the u s. economy added five hundred thousand private sector jobs. Is that
1: surprising to you? Yes, because there's the way- so much, because the discourse is so negative. Yes, well, absolutely. All over the place. Negative, 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 negative. That's why it's so shocking. People are complaining. The people who, are, who have the loudest voices are yelling. And yes, abs- that's why okay. it's shocking. Darren, yes. if,
2: if the only throughput you had to the broader economy was through your business, how would you describe the state of the world? Again, only through sports betting, collectibles, that stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you look at the right places and, and that's why you have to like invest in the right places, like anything, uh, I mean, it's on fire. It's yeah. on fire. Yeah.
0: Anything <laughs> anything that people can do in their free time is on fire. And
1: I'll 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 hit this, but like collectibles, especially because if there is something you can make money in and enjoy it along the way, like what's better than that? Yeah.
0: And that's that that economy. You would have thought would have reversed itself after 2020 and 2021. People
1: felt comfortable in COVID. You can go back to – they had so much comfort. Maybe it was too much comfort. Yes, nostalgia is – I mean that was the – God, I had like 30 packages a day of eBay because it was the only way I could keep myself. (laughs) My wife's like, what are you doing? I'm like, please don't use the eBay tape on the packages.
0: Right. Uh, This year – so if – one other thing worth pointing out, it's changed somewhat recently but in the first half, the breadth, the amount of stocks working was relatively small. So even though you had a great return in the market, only 25% of stocks ended up outperforming the S&P 500, which is historic, it's never happened. And think about, like everyone knows which stocks those are. There's nobody that's like wondering, well, which would those be? It's Apple, Microsoft. It's the big guys. It's yep. the big yeah, guys. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's everyone that you would expect. And from that standpoint, it's actually a pretty uh, intuitive year,
1: where uh, you know, just in terms of like what's working. I have a question for you. Shoot. Okay. So I've been covering Life Wallet, uh, which is um, that's like the name of the name, image, and likeness guy from Miami. Okay. Who who essentially he he's a Miami guy. He puts these kids on. You know, they they're endorsing Life Wallet. Right.
0: So he's an entrepreneur and he's buying college athletes. Right, right, right.
1: It hit an all-time low today. Uh, Basically, it's LIFW. Okay, Okay. let's take a look. (laughs) It was a SPAC. Poof. Hold on, hold on, hold on. It was a SPAC, $32 billion SPAC, based on- How much? $32 billion. It was the second largest SPAC. Holy shit. So it's based on the idea that there are these Medicaid and Medicare claims that- they can make a lot of money through the law, through legally going back and clawing back money. And so that's what this was based on. And pretty early on the market said, no way, this cannot be that obvious, whatever. Okay. So they miss, so so they, they came out with a, they said they were gonna do um, 2 billion uh, in 2022, they did 9 million. No. Yes. Okay. Oh, everyone's going to sue. Hold on. Then they said uh, uh, in March, our second quarter 2022, our third quarter 2022 are not accurate. Oh, statement. T- hold on, hold on, hold on. There was no 2020 uh, – there was no fourth quarter or year-end earnings, and there was no first qu- quarter of 2023. So my question is – it has been a year and five days since they've had any numbers. How does the NASDAQ allow this to be traded with no information?
0: LifeWallet receives NASDAQ notification they did. of noncompliance. They did. With they get 120 days.
1: I mean, it's like, you know. So it's
0: a penny stock now. It's going to be so zero. It'll be. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, but it could be like a three cent stock right. for a really long time. But
1: it's an amazing. That story is more amazing. Who is the guy? Crazy john ruiz is his name okay and he's blocked me on twitter he says i'm i'm a hater you know this and that i
0: mean he has a 30 cent stock price so right. it doesn't matter what you right. say
1: right okay but it's very interesting well
0: listen this Spac thing kind of went crazy a couple of years ago and now is like the comeuppance of course from that moment because there are a lot of these like it all smelled as like oh yeah we
1: started ten dollars Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) It seemed too easy, right? Too easy. All right. I want to talk to you about investing in sports betting because you are an investor. I think you, you probably these days introduce yourself as an investor more than journalist or anything like, you know, I know you wear a lot of hats. Um, but some of the parallels between investing in sports betting and then investing in sports betting as a growth market, because there are a lot of publicly traded companies there too. Um, so what's your overall view of,
1: um, that market right now and how people are participating in, in there's it. Two, there's two things here. So like the investment side, the market side, like, you know, everyone said in 2018-19, oh my God, this is only going up. Uh, and what? They, Sports betting? Yes. Okay. It's just easy to say that, right? Because the masses are talking about it. It's on every bus. Anecdotally, you see everything where All it's going All your are friends go are up. betting on games. But then you don't, right. but then you don't realize, like, you have to realize that DraftKings is spending a billion dollars on marketing. The consumer acqui- the customer acquisition costs here are enormous. Yeah. And and there's not really that much loyalty. So like someone's going to you're in, I mean in New-, in New York here, Caesars was offering a $1000 match. Like can you imagine that? Right. People talk about like, you know, those meal plans that cost like 75 bucks to nail a cost. Can you imagine any business Come here for $1,000, and we're offering the same odds as anyone else. Yeah. So what's interesting is like if you look at the number of apps that people have on their phone, the average person has 1.7 gambling apps. So it's not like they're looking and seeing what the best value is. Loyalty is just out the window. All and the so, tools are roughly equal on these apps. Yeah, yeah. The now, the, now, now there, is an, there is there is the, the grand for me – Cause 85% of my bet. So I bet about 750,000 a year. My, I'm live, 90% live. I mean, that's the total
2: value. That's, that's how value. much, yes. Right. That's
1: what I bet. Okay. So, but I'm live. I'm like a, tr- I'm like a day trader. You're betting and so, inside so, so, of the game. So, so, if, if I have things spinning on me, or sometimes it spins, it, it changes the odds and then goes, and I'm like, wait a second. What so who's ever gr- best at live betting, that's gonna be a who's the best.
2: I I like bet too, but I only use
1: FanDuel. It was points bet for for last year. It was, and then it did not. I mean, right now I like DraftKings a lot, um, because I have systems. Like if a team goes up this much, like the, I have I have systems of when I play things, and so you know, live betting is important. What sports are you betting? Uh, I'm betting. I'm basically betting totals, so overs and unders of College football and baseball. Why? Why those two? Because, first of all, I bet live unders because the algorithm's too good for you to have any advantage unless you're betting an under because people generally want to bet overs because they're rooting for offense.
2: It's the same thing in, in investing. People buy call options, not options. Correct, correct.
1: Correct. Oh, that's interesting. So, so it's skewed people are, to the up- people so it, are more it's, bullish on scores. It's like the under hits what? So if you ask, if you, if 52% of yeah. the time, but if you, if you, so, so, so in other words, it is not the, the computer is not, is not giving you the exact odds. It's skewing to the over. Because because people are going to bet the over. So when you ask my nine year old sons what is your dad bet on, they say he roots for no offense. What? So I, <laughs> so I, you're I, an unders I guy. right. So I, so I'm, <laughs> I'm an unders guy, and okay. and I have various systems. Like if if four runs are scored in the first three innings, like yeah. you know, and and I bet parlay. Like it's it's it's. it's very complicated, but okay. But
0: do the um, algorithms bet against you personally as the user, or is it not quite at that? It's level not at that yet? level,
1: but there's nothing illegal about that. that's where like, it's like, going, like, right? Yeah, I mean, so so that's the question because a lot of these sports books get get crap for cutting off gamblers. Well, the next the next iteration it's is you got worse odds. How to, how so, to screw right, you? Right, so so per state, there's that. So Tennessee is the only state that decided that they want to mandate the percentage hold. So they're mandating how much the sports book needs to make, which means that they need to screw with the odds. Tennessee, every sports book in Tennessee, if you're licensed, you have to win 10% of the overall. Why? Because it gets to taxes, Uh, but it's stupid because the odds are like, they'll screw around, especially with parlays. Like your odds are much worse if you play in Tennessee. Why don't they just tax the bet? because they don't want to do that. They, they don't want to stop the betting activity. But they're doing that in a way. But anyway, like, yes, so that, that could be a thing. How, how come there's
2: still some states, big states that are that, that held out, that are still holding out, won't make it legal?
1: Religion. Yeah, no, if like you think Massachusetts? about- If you think about- Massachusetts is there now. But it took California? them a long time. Ma- no, Massachusetts is just political pork. Uh, Calif- it's ca- pretty much California, Florida, which is all- Florida's about sovereign- tribal gaming relationships where it's like you have to physically be on tribal land yeah. and then and then if you if you're if it's mobile is the fact that the servers are on tribal land that's going to go all the way up to the supreme court cuz oh, that's really? a bi- yeah that's a big that's a big issue what about texas texas is i think kind of a religion thing yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and they only meet every they only meet every other year, so you either you're either going to get it or not. So Texas will be like 2025. One in 5 US
0: adults, about 19%, say they have personally bet money on sports in some way in the last 12 months according to Pew. Uh America's Americans wagered 31.11 billion on sports in the first quarter of this yep. year, which was a record. Uh By gener- the way, it'll be a
2: new record every year. Generating
0: every year. an all-time high of 2.79 billion in quarterly revenue. We were revenue, talking which about Vegas. 70% year yeah, we were year. talking
1: about Vegas. I mean, Nevada, people thought Nevada would be screwed Absolutely. and it's not. It's 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 up. I I still think people enjoy by the way sitting at a sports book. But yeah. now we have, I just went to Wrigley Field and saw the the sports sportsbook there. It's amazing. We thought that there'd be windows and kiosks and what happened was it's not that because people want the DraftKings wants you to bet on your phone so that they know it's you. If if you're punching into the kiosk and it's not through any sort of player card or they, they want to get you when yeah. you're not there. And so the whole idea of kiosks and windows at sporting events went went by the way there is
0: something nice
2: about going to the ticket counter, handing them cash, getting yeah. like it's just it's just a different
0: feel. John, yeah. throw this up. Sports betting activity. So this is as of June twenty-second, two thousand twenty-three. There are 34 states plus D.C. where it's live uh, legal betting. Uh, four states are legal but not yet operational. Is that Massachusetts no, in that Massachusetts, group maybe? Like Massachusetts is up. It's up yeah. now. Okay. Active uh, – zero states Have with active ballot, legislation right. or ballot
1: initiative. There no are No five- legislation is like Wisconsin, North Dakota, those okay. that are never – So that's Utah. five states. Yeah. And what does that
0: mean? It's just never going to happen? Yes. And then seven is dead – which means they've had legislation Correct. and they've decided again. It's and they're just not going to do it.
1: Yeah, but we'll, I mean, we're literally at we're at fifty percent of the population right now. Obviously, the fact that you have California and Texas and Florida that's huge. Yes, but, but uh, yeah, I mean, everyone's going to come along eventually. Minus, I think, Wisconsin tribes and and Utah and some a couple of states. Let's go
0: to this next one. This is this is showing the handle. Uh, and the gross revenue, Darren. What's the difference between this is by year, right? So, so the
1: hand, the handle is what people uh, actually bet. So it's the whole, what's on the line. It's the whole bet. It's the whole bet. Like I said, I have seven hundred fifty thousand a year. It's the whole bet. That's what they're betting. The gross revenue is actually the revenue from the operator. So if you could see the the hold percentage, there is like uh, you 10? Know, nine. Mm. yeah, nine. You know, that's actually so. In two thousand twenty-three, it's
0: twenty. Is that twenty-seven billion dollars? Right. And that's the handle. Right, Gross revenue was two point four.
1: Normally, a hold percentage. So, and then you go the year before, you'll see it's.
0: Well, we much, don't, right. We only have one quarter. Uh, are there in, in
2: that Dan, right, Are there a few events that swing that number? Like if the house has a bad beat in the Super Bowl or something. So what happens
1: is now we see, now we see, uh, like um, in in Pennsylvania when the when the Eagles lost the Super Bowl it was the highest hold percentage ever so the books took almost 40% of the money wow. right because you have your local fans yeah. and so that's the most wild thing we've ever seen now nevada has only lost two super bowls where they actually were where the sports books were in the negative but for the most part that's the that's the craziest thing that we now see where you have a, a team that oh, is you have a local sports a local book. team oh, okay. Yeah, a local team. So you and don't need
0: the Raiders to make
1: the Super Correct. Bowl. Correct. Had- you need, well, you, well, you, right. But, but you need, right. But I'm saying, like, it, it could be either colossal, colossally bad or colossally good if you're a sports book in a town where the team makes the Super Bowl.
2: You think betters understand at this point that there's a rake built in, that, like, yes. minus 120, yes. like they know?
0: Yes. Yes. Put this chart okay. up, John. These are the publicly traded uh, gambling app companies. So. None of none of them have done particularly well in the last couple of years. Pen is pen is
1: among the most surprising to me.
0: All right, so l- let's go through these one by one. The purple is DraftKings. Right. It's up about twenty six percent since. Uh, it looks and like the it one that public. you don't have there is Flutter. Now this it's is on price the John, market. But, Use market you know. cap,
2: please. It's the same thing, just cleaner. Yeah.
0: yeah. All right, so here. All right, fine. Here is market cap. So uh, Penn is a three point seven billion dollar company. Now it is. Uh, let's see what else we That's have. That's
1: Barstool.
0: Yeah, but a, yeah, P- a P- Dex. P- Dex. Caesars 22. is uh, ten. MGM uh, DraftKings Called- is twelve, right. and MGM is fifteen. And right. some of these have much bigger casino operations than the yes. others. Some of them are in Macau, some of them are not. But basically, Fanduel,
1: which is Flutter, uh, is is one. Uh, DraftKings is two in Flutter America. Is British, yes. Okay, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, Lad Brooks and a couple others. Uh, Patty Power. So it's FanDuel is one. They have about 48% of the market share. DraftKings is at like 30. And then BetMGM is number three.
0: Let's look uh, at these drawdowns. Last, last chart on these. Uh, so Penn is the worst, down 82%. That's basically a pure play on gambling. So
1: what happened with Penn is that they made the case that they acquired Barstool so that they didn't have to pay high consumer acquisition costs because which they said, oh, issue. we have we ha- – we ha- which is a real issue. The problem is the stooley is 26 years old and has a net worth all in of $120,000. That means that once you bleed that dry <laughs> – the Guy's gone. Like it's not like, and and I don't think they have uh, they have benefited as their philosophy was that they were going to benefit from the editorial. I thought that was a
2: reasonable bet. Do you think? Forget about how Reason, like,
1: reasonable bet. Listen, they could. I think they could sell Barstool for a billion dollars as a media company. Yeah. It's great. Reasonable bet. I just think it didn't work right. out. So I would, but I would ask the counterfactual,
0: which is. What happens if Penn never got together with Barstool? How much money would they have spent to get to where they are now? They, they probably never would have been able I to. I never heard of it. it. Were they even on the map? It's like- it's No, like, they were
1: on the map, but they were very quiet. So small horse tracks it, yeah, it was, with, yeah, with, yeah, with it, slots? Yeah, all those horse tracks, yes.
0: Right, so in other words- I understand the stock's in a drawdown, but what would they have done otherwise? They might not have even that, that, been in the that's, race. A, that's actually
1: a good a good point.
0: So yeah. then
2: DraftKings is in a 63% drawdown, Caesars 57, and MGM is only down 13% because to Josh's point, it's also got a huge hotel business.
0: Right. Yep. So I think the hotel businesses have- um, been helpful because that is the best business in the world right now is tourism true
1: and and you could run a true loyalty program right you have a yeah. physical location that people and can you have go something to. to give people hotel room yeah. points yeah. Yeah. Damn, deck, were whatever. you
2: at uh michael rubin's birthday party
1: I was not. I I, I only have 1.9 million Twitter followers. <laughs> I, I don't think I don't think that was so I made the cut. This I didn't realize. This
2: Fanatics is valued at 31 billion dollars. So it's a, it's a sports brand media company. They bought Tops. They bought Mitchell and Ness. They've raised. They're going to go public soon. Yeah. They raised 4.7 billion dollars. A lot of
1: it from SoftBank. I'm not trying to discount that, but you know, Matoshi Sons. But it matters. He wants to be at the white party. He wants to be at the white party. And, and, and sometimes, you know, everybody wants to be at the white party. From being in the investing world, I would, I would say that sometimes you have to look at who on your way to that valuation, who, who put in and what did they value it
2: as? So by comparison, so again, $31 billion in the last round, which was in 2022, there was $700 million. Adidas, $33 billion. Not a good comp here, but Dix is 11.
0: Under Armour $3 billion in Foot Locker. Again, not a good comp. But- Fanatics is worth 10x Under Armour? Does that-, Does that sound right? No. When you say it out loud? No. What? no. They're like, they basically have the licensing so that they can do the- They, exclusive they are exclusive they they
1: they they No, listen. They are very vertically integrated. So you order. Yeah. They're the only ones who could print a swoosh on a jersey. Okay. So they're literally making it. So their margins are tremendous. They have no waste, right? Like- and, and they're sending it out they have major economies of scale like it's a big business I they're, buy this shit all the time yeah they're they're yeah they and then and then through collectibles and other things I think they have to do a little bit better as a brand uh because what happens is if you're just transactional people only think of it Wait, and then so when Darren, you,
0: if i'm if if I'm a if I'm a major league baseball team, I'm not operating my own e-commerce anymore. Correct. They're doing it for me. That's the business. And they're often doing the- the, the And they do a great job. And they do a great job. That's for
2: for all five major sports, right? Yes,
1: almost
0: everything. What was was Michael Rubin's like major insight
1: that this was the business? So, okay. So Michael Rubin uh, came up with GSI Commerce in 1999 or 2000. And basically what his zigzag was amazing. He must've been like 20 years old. This is what he did. This is what he did. So what he did was when everyone was saying we have a virtual warehouse, right? Like, hey, you know, we we, we run a website and we have a virtual warehouse. He goes, I'll buy all your shit. I'm not gonna have a virtual warehouse. I'll have all the stuff and I'll get it a day faster than everyone else. And he won all the jobs. And then he said, you know why I'm a genius? Because yeah, I'll have waste, but I won all the jobs. So yeah. it doesn't matter. Like I once saw he had 5,000 Jeremy Lin dolls in a room <laughs> after the next, after he was done after with Lin- the next, yeah, Linsanity. Linsanity. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and, it, and it's like, okay, right? Like this is the, this is the write-off room, but I have every deal. And I, that was kind of the insight. And then he used that to say, what happens if I do the deals where I never have any waste, where I do the deals, where I make the thing, you order it, I make it, I ship it. And I think that's what's led to the leanness that people just
0: in. in, It's not even just in time inventory; it's almost made to order.
1: Yes. Somebody wants a. All he needs is blanks, and then the key was getting the permission to actually make the Nike things. And now they're making on-field jerseys too.
0: Does he have every uh, major sport? Yes. Okay, they're all running into fanatics. He
1: just. He now he needs to get for collectibles. He needs to get basketball. Okay.
0: Is anybody seriously competing with them anymore? Or it's a wrap. Yeah. Uh, no, it's a monopoly. It's a complete he's monopoly. Because he
1: does it really well, and yeah. that's it. It's that's a complete monopoly. I mean, that seems like genius to me. That's they just bought PWCC, which is uh, kind of like an auction company. Okay, uh, Footlo- hold on, I have to take this call. Hold go on. Ahead. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Hello. No. Nope. Nope. Okay, I'll let you know. Bye.
0: So foot. Footlocker is only valued at two and a half billion and fanatics is yeah, probably call public at forty. It's, it's hard to
1: believe, yeah. Right. And then you have to figure out is you know, at bad is it is it worth it. What um, are the financials? Do we know yet? No, I don't think so. No, we don't know any of the financials. No. Um tell us about the sports memorabilia
0: business. I know you have a you have a fun, is it a fund? What's It's, its my what? own fund. Like it's I've been you. offered.
1: I've been offered to run big funds. Um like for, for like states, for like, for like, you know, for, for big names that you know. And the problem is like, I don't want that pressure, okay but I love to be a arbitrageur of, this is a very inefficient market. Meaning? There are- sports, sports memorabilia, collectibles. Sports memorabilia, memorabilia in general. Yeah. There's a lot of things that come to the market and there's a lot of things that come to the market in the wrong way. It's in the wrong auction house which means that it has a wrong database of people who are going to buy it. The people who would buy it are not showing up. They're not. It's the wrong auction house. The person who owned the piece brought it to the nearest auction house, not the one that's going to get them oh, the wow. best price. Okay. And I find out about it. Uh, the description is wrong or the description. So I have a piece in my bag here where it was a 1961 Cavern Club membership card, and they didn't write that this got you into Beatles concert number one. Yeah. Okay, so I buy it for $500. Once I slab it, it's worth 50,000. So a lot of the things that I'm buying instantaneously are worth more because I know the story. And I can get around it by like, you think about like AI and AI learning. Like this is something that like, I don't even think AI can get because you have to know a little bit about everything. you're a generalist, like most. am yeah, a generalist. Most people yeah.
0: don't know the Cavern Club was in Liverpool, exactly. and it's where the Beatles exactly. got their start. Right. Right. And there's no
2: short sellers right. in that market. <laughs>
0: well, yeah, I mean, not, so. not yet. Not are there yet. other guys? <laughs> are there other guys like you that you bump into? They do,
1: yeah. They they do. Listen, so I I identify markets and and un- kind of figure out so tickets so. PSA, which grades cards, all of a sudden said we're grading tickets. And I'm like, wait a second. Cards are kind of like, at least modern cards, are false scarcity. We're making 10 of these. We're making 50 of these. Tickets, it's like, where were you going to put your ticket besides yeah. the fridge and the bulletin board? They didn't have sheets to put them in. So I, over the course of, uh, I put like 300 grand in the tickets and I shut up. I didn't say anything. Okay. I was like, okay, what's the top 100 tickets that I need to get? And I'm gonna be very quiet. And then once I get ninety percent of them, I'm gonna scream and I'm gonna say to the next big thing. Yeah, tickets to the next big thing. These these get are Gary Vee excited about it. Yeah, but no, 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 no. <laughs> no I really enough. believe it because I only I've only sold one percent of my stuff. Like I'm I'm not a pumper and then dumper. I'm a pumper and I believe in my in the markets that I go into. Okay. I so I have a shoebox full
0: of every concert ticket I've ever been to. I have no idea if they have any value, but to me, Every once, like once every three years, I'll like lift the top and so say- you should,
1: So you should put them in slabs so so you can send them to PSA, they'll slab them. I told a friend, he's like, listen, I have 300 fish tickets, what should I do? I go, you should get them all graded, you should go to a fish concert, you should put them in shoeboxes, they'll be gone in two seconds. Like con- so, I, so I moved from sports tickets to political tickets to I'm at concert tickets, the problem is like, for the concerts you went to, it's not always. So I own the only ticket to the first time Michael Jackson did the moonwalk. Was that Motown? 1983 Motown 25. Yeah, Good yeah. for you. Okay. Barry I Gordy. Couple, and the, yeah. I know a couple things. What yeah.
2: about movie tickets? Like the first Godfather. Does so movie, movie, t-
1: movie, movie tickets, it needs to be Either the premiere night. Like Wizard of the Oz. The premiere. Yeah, like the premiere, like I have a top gun premiere, like a special. So movie tickets, it, it, has, it has to be the premiere open. Scarcity,
0: right? You could sell five million movie tickets. You're not gonna sell five million tickets to one Bruce Springsteen right, show. Right, right, right. Okay.
1: So then so then I and then I go and I go and think about people. So who do I want to collect? So it's 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 for me, it's and it could be whoever you want, but like you just gotta get the best of the best. So like if you collect Billy Joel, which I do, you have to find the ticket in in Leningrad when he threw over the piano, cause he was so pissed, cause no one, so you, you know, I got a backstage pass from that. It's, it's the, the keys to living this market are absolute obsession. Like I have a, like anyone in their space who's good at what they're doing in terms of investing. You know, I'm obsessed with it, I have a sheet, I know when all the auctions are. Sometimes the auctions are during the day, sometimes like, but but there's enough things that happen where – and then you just have to decide when to make your massive, massive bets. So like I bought the rudder that Buzz Aldrin used to steer the command module to the moon. Oh, my god. But But it was in a Hollywood costume auction, and it was legit, and NASA had no rights to it, and – I actually sold it 24 hours later to someone who didn't know it was there. You know, made a quick buck. That's rare. Most. So my my biggest piece that I bet on was I bought the vest from Ferris Bueller. The, <laughs> the vest, lep- the leopard print vest. Yes, cheetah. It's cheetah not. Print. It's not leopard print. You what think is it? it is? It's just a com. It's some just lines and whatever. But this is okay. the work I did. So let me give you a deep dive becomes available. The auction house says this guy got it from John Hughes, who is the director. He writes a letter. He's, you know, any, so, so that's good there. I called the, uh, prop master from Ferris Bueller. I got her number because I DM'd her. She's 71. She's on Instagram. Her name's Marilyn Vance. I said, Marilyn, I might bid on this. Can you look at this? What do I have to look for? She goes, there's only one, which to me is I'll only buy a movie costume, but there's only one. There's usually 15, which has ruined the movie costumes because you don't ever know if it's, she goes, there's only one. I bought a sweater and cut it as a vest. I bought it at Marshall Field. She gave me all these specific things. She goes, if you want to win it, win it, and then show me a picture and I'll deny it. If like, if it's not what it is, so I win it. It was $155,000. It was not cheap. You open it up, and it has all these X's, which is the which is where they're making sure that it doesn't hem or f- where it doesn't fray, okay? Because it's now become a vest, yeah. Um, and I FaceTimed her; she showed me, and I go, "Okay, now you write me a letter." So now I have the vest. It says, "This vest now and owned by says, Darren Rebell my cut? Is the only one? Oh, I gave her twenty five hundred dollars, yeah. But the letter is worth another hundred fifty thousand, right? Right, because that firms up. That this is the one and only. So we were talking about that before. The provenance yep. is the thing. Yep. The
0: authenticity, the
1: chain of custody. How do you? And now what's happening more is photo matching. So like on a game use thing, was there a threat? So there was. This is crazy. The 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 jersey that Kobe, where he popped the jersey. And yeah. Made, th- there was two threads on it that matched what someone had, someone bought it as a Kobe game use, and then later found out that it was that pop bought it for, you know, 40,000. There were two threads, one on the four, one on the bottom of the two that matches up to the high res pictures. And then you sell that for 3 million bucks and you wow. have the
0: picture with it.
1: Yeah. And, and you so say it is matched by photo is matched by my gray. And this is, you know, so, so hold that- on.
0: So it's not just, so it's not just the authenticity. You're building in the story of the item. It's a story, and you have a, a level of pop culture awareness that maybe more nonchalant collectors would never have. But then you're also like hunting down supporting evidence that this thing is the thing.
1: And then I'll wait till the anniversary to talk about it. So, like I told the, the timing, wor- I told the world I had Ferris Bueller's vest uh, uh, on June 5th, 1985, which is which is Ferris's actual day off. Okay which we know because Claudel Washington yeah, did a yeah, pop-up yeah. in, yeah, <laughs> in yeah, the 10th yeah. inning of a 4-3 game on June 15th. Is the is five. the amount
2: of fake shit out there becoming a smaller percentage of the overall market, or is it still bad? No, there's
1: plenty of fake stuff. I mean, you have to do- You ever get scammed? Uh, once, in a ticket, actually. So the you You never see that guy again. I got, you know, <laughs> a European t- He sold me a fake hand of God to a Maradona hand gone ticket. And what's great is the market- you know, flushed it out. I said, here's my hand of gone ticket. I got DM saying, Why are the why are the numbers, you know, one one of the numbers is darker than the other. That doesn't seem right. And you know, then I said then I said to the Who'd guy, Did you sell it to No, I didn't know what it <laughs> is, what I this is so this is my obligation. So if I'm on eBay and I get you, right? Like you don't know what something is. The example is like the uh, UCLA uh, Washington football game on November 12th, 1955 guy was selling all these UCLA tickets from 1955. He must've wondered why the Washington game went for $480 and everyone else went for 10. That's the game in back to the future two where Biff knew the ending Okay, in the car. <laughs> okay. So, so that's why I wanted it. Okay. If I'm my eBay handle, which I'm not going to tell anyone, but people know, cause they put it out. It's fair game. I could do whatever I want. If I'm Darren Revelle and I'm buying something or selling something. I must give fair market value. It's now my brand. And so that's how it works. Once I say I have this ticket, I am as much of a buyer as I am a steward for the industry. So I now have to figure, so not only did I say to the guy, I, I need to return it and he understood like I could really screw him if he said no. I then say to PSA, you graded this. It's fake. We have to take it out of the population. Yeah. And I've I've, I've had I've had that because couple, you benefit
0: times. if there's trust in this correct, space. Correct. You lose yes. if people say it's all fake shit. Yeah. If it's
1: all fake. Yes. And what? I need to say this is fake. And I need to be. I need to say, hey, you know what? I'm really concerned about these 1958 World Cup tickets. How are they so perfect? There was a bunch of that's Pele's first World Cup. There was like 300 of them that were pristine. I need to say that. I need to tell the marketplace that because if I don't, someone else will. Right. And, and and the, the, and, the sports
0: know. memorabilia market. Was estimated at about 26 billion in it's 2022. Is that transactions or is that just what people are that's holding? Pro- that's probably transactions. Probably just transactions, what's changed yeah. hands. It's much bigger than yeah, that. What much bigger. What are the, what are the okay.
1: commissions like in that market? So, this is an interesting thing. Uh, So normally it's, uh, the, the buyer has to pay a buyer premium of in between 15 and 23%. Wow. Okay. And then the seller is usually at 10%. So the, they're, if they're consigning it to the auction house, it seems good, but there's been so much competition. It's almost like the, uh, the sports agent industry where it's like, yeah, you got the number one player. Congratulations. what do you get of his salary? Point (laughs) (laughs) right. It's the same thing. If Golden Auctions is competing with PWCC, and they're competing with SCP, and they're competing with Heritage, like eventually, like you know, like when it gets to me, I say I'm going to market the hell out of this. You know, I'm going to say it's in your auction, and I'm like I'm getting less than zero. Like I'm getting a negative percentage. So like a lot of the great pieces they write it off as a marketing It's branding, thing, and it's, it's branding. Yeah.
2: I was watching the King of Collectibles and Ken Golden yes. said like, I'm not letting the, this guy leave without it. And even yes. if he doesn't make a dollar, it's still good for so his brand. So Ken, Ken,
1: Ken probably did, Golden probably did 450 million gross. And then I would say they got a blended average of commissions of about six, seven or 8%. So $30, so $30 million. million. What
0: do you think about the funds that are operating in the memorabilia market? Is it really early or are there some like established investment products in
1: the space that you actually look at and say those guys know what I was an doing? advisor for one of these funds and they didn't, you know, they didn't want, to, they got so excited. They didn't want to listen to me, you yeah. know, um, uh, the what, do you frat- mean, what do you mean by that? They wanted said, to buy a lot go of stuff. In, yeah, don't go into baseball cards. Don't have you know, like you got to be really focused on these things. So they what wanted- happened? They
2: raised money. And they felt they had to buy everything. Yes,
1: and they f- also felt that they needed to uh, have a fund to buy individual pieces. The fractional business went down uh, the drain. Yeah. Killed because- special special
0: purpose but, vehicle but to buy a, one but thing. That,
1: but that the problem with that, and I I've done some SPVs to buy one thing. Um, but the, the part with the, the fractional, like like rally, like rally road. Yeah. Okay. Rally's the best of them, but collectible and a couple others, there's no liquidity. Yeah. The market doesn't move. So like, if I want to get out of it, there's not a daily market that will let me flush this thing out. And that became a massive problem. If, if I have a bid and an ask and they're sitting up there for, for days that you can't, that's not a market. It's not a liquid market. Yeah. Is it's, that, is that dead forever? I think so. People ask me, it's like, why do you go into these niches? You know, cards are so much better. Yes, cards are more liquid. But I don't want to be in a market where yesterday something sold for $500 because I'm going to sell it for $505. I want to be in a market where a ticket hasn't sold for three years. There's 11 guys who want it. And – Name my price. Like I go to the National Sports Collectors Convention. It'll be in Chicago in July. And I basically have a sign saying nothing's for sale. Yeah. And I, I'm the King Bah. And if you want it, I had nine Disney signatures. And a guy's like, I got to get it. He's like, I can't leave. He's like, would you do a deal? And I'm like, no. And he's like, okay, I'll buy it. Like be, that. That's the position oh, you will want. Oh, you
0: negotiate and you're like, this is what I think it's worth or I'll just go home with it. Or I'll keep it or yeah. I'll keep it. Because
1: you don't need the liquidity. Correct. Hey, how do taxes work with all this shit? Bad. I mean, you know, there's, there's a 21% collectible tax. Even if it's long-term? On uh, 21%. It's yeah, hot. Yeah, yeah. Well. It's, the it's, long-term, you, you, do, you do need to pay attention to whether you're selling it long-term. And for me, most of the time, I am long-term because I'm not, I'm not a flipper. But that's that's the too, problem with flippers. That's not dissimilar from stocks. Yeah. If you sell it internationally, is it the same?
0: Uh, do you owe a tax there? Just I haven't analysis. really done I
1: have, no, I really I'll, haven't. I'll let done you call your account and go back to yeah. us.
0: Uh you want to show us some stuff? Sure. All right. Uh, i I've been, too much stuff. So this is if you're listening to the show, you might want to uh visit YouTube
1: later and uh get your eyes on some of this stuff. Holy moly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh this is one of three tickets to Jackie Robinson's stealing home in uh Game one of the 1955 World Series. It's Look how nice. One, 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 one of, sorry, sorry yeah. one of three full tickets. A full ticket. And I just love this. This is like part of the story. Imagine it's game one of the World Series. You're in Yankee Stadium. It's enemy territory, and you steal home in the World Series. Yeah. Who the hell does that? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I love that one. Uh this is Kobe Bryant's credential. Uh, to uh, the Olympics in Beijing. What camera do you want him holding yeah. these up to, guys? Was
2: that the Redeem team? This, this the, one? This one right No, here. this okay. is the- Oh, uh, it was, was, was- It was 08. Yeah, what was it 2012?
1: Two, yeah, tw- 2012 was. Yeah, so this is 08. This is, this is the one item I will Mike's not a big. I will not co- Mike's a big Kobe guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I, will not, I will not sell. Yeah, so the Kobe story with me was that Kobe- Darren, we have some pictures of this which John is going to put on. Kay.
0: Do you have this? Mm-hmm. All right, John's going to put these on screen while you tell this story. Um, I love this.
1: Yeah, so Kobe uh this from, from Darren Ravel's Instagram. <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So so Kobe for for a long time, we I would interview him like once a year. And uh one time towards the end of his career, he said, um, he said, uh, hey, I'm you know, I'm I'm looking to invest more. Uh what do you think? What should we go into? Uh, I gave him a specific I've so I have a food and beverage VC called Tastemaker Capital. It's only food and beverage because That's what I know. I love being in supermarkets. Everything's before your eyes. Once you talk about tech with me, I don't know what you're doing in your basement. Supermarkets... Pretty much what you see is what you get. If you go to trade publications, you can get back six months. But for me, I it's very transparent. So I told him, I go, you know, beef jerky's crazy. There's this artisan beef jerky called Crave. They're looking for the last 8 million. It's 10% valued at $80 million. Company is doing $29 million in revenue. It's, you know, less than a 3X multiple. I think you should get it. And he's like, What do I get? Because I'm Kobe. I said, well, they know you have eight million cash. They're only looking for one person. So they're allowing you to get in. And I'm telling you, they're gonna sell soon. We met we had a meeting in LA. He had a financial advisor at the time. Guy didn't like the deal. It sold for five five months later, it sold for two hundred and ninety one million to Hershey. And I'm like you make twenty three million in the NBA. You could have made like twenty three million in six months on this. He's like, "All right, next investment." I'm not listening to my financial guy anymore. Yeah, yeah, I listen to you. Next right. investment, I'll put up to ten million dollars into whatever you say. And uh, it was six months later, and Mike Rapoli had gone from vitamin water to start Body Armor. Yeah. And I said, "This doesn't taste this great right now. You're going with the horse here. You're going to put money You're Mike, betting on Mike, Mike Rapoli." Yeah. Six million in returned 444 million. I put in slightly less, unfortunately. (laughs) Uh, but but uh, and and that and that was you know, and and we did it. And then from there, I'm like, I gotta do this myself too, because it's just not probably had a probably (laughs) had a moment
0: there where you're like, wait a minute, this is the thing that I did, yeah, yeah. So and so,
1: yeah, so so with Kobe, you know, that's
0: he he was uh like obviously everyone understands super smart guy very
1: smart never went to sleep i would say knew that he was going to die early he really he behaved like he was always running out of time
0: like he was in a rush to accomplish things okay um
1: what was he concerned with when he looked at deals with you he he he, he loves going it's so kobe and jj watt who is a partner of mine now um, they're both the same. They like to shock so when Magic Johnson went to into a room, he would shake hands and people were like, Oh, that's Magic Johnson. Yeah. Co- both Kobe and JJ wanna wanna shock you with how much they know about a company, like and how much they know about general business. So they're okay. the same way. Kobe would ask questions where people would be like, like they might not even be ready for a question if you're the founder or the CEO. Yeah. Like, as a basketball player, I think about this. How do you think about your competition? Like, and it was. I've kind of felt sorry for some of these guys cuz he he came in and people thought he was going to sit there. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: People are like, "Oh, the athletes. So that here. was amazing. yeah. Right, right, yeah right. So
1: that, so that that was that was really that was really amazing. Uh, okay. Yeah, so
0: are right, you and you work with uh JJ now? Yes, yes. Is so he is he J- much so the Jay's same way? In,
1: JJ's an investor in I brought him into Athletic Brewing, which might be a better Xer than Body Armor. Okay. Which is you know, just a crazy st- again, contrarian things about you know, 2018. I'm looking at non-alcoholic beer, yeah, and and uh, people auto- automatically dismiss non-alcoholic beer because of Oduls. Like, <laughs> it o- sucks. It sucks. They don't bother to look at what's happening in Europe, in in Ireland. Eight percent of beer volume is non-alcoholic beer. In Ireland, in Germany, 7%. How is that possible? Because they have 50 to 100 craft non-alcoholic beers that taste good. And making stuff so, that's good. So everyone's right. saying, well, it's all about the stigma. It's all, no, it's not. It's that there's not something that, that replaces what's in your hand. So, and, and everything followed, like the behavior that made sense. Which is like, I'm a I'm a 45 year old guy. It's Sunday at seven o'clock, I'm watching Sunday Night Football. I have two real beers, right? I have two full strength beers. I know I got to wake up at six a.m. on Monday. Am I am I going to have another six? No, I want something that feels the same. And like, I don't. This need. is
0: another example, though, of an arbitrage opportunity. It's yeah, totally arbitrage. Where you yeah. see that there's quality coming into a market. And people, aren't, people haven't thought through the fact that there will actually be demand right. for it. So they
1: were raising it around $20 million. They were having trouble raising. And what happened is they were, they were a great non-alcoholic beer. And all of a sudden, people my age started doing it. And then people in their 30s started saying, we want less alcohol. And it wasn't just you know, dry January. And you know, they're I think they're gonna sell for north of a billion dollars. It's also it's it's also an example of when you when you invest in something, always think about who you're exiting to. I know it sounds like of course, but like that's why you don't start an ice cream business. It's gonna be Unilever and one other
0: well no latest. in the stock market, you're just thinking about the crowd in a private business. You have to have some idea if this is not going public. Or there are there a lot of other companies that would take right, this off right. our hands and with
1: non-alcoholic you have to remember that Dr Pepper Coca-Cola Pepsi I, I mean PepsiCo the so- soft, they could all, soft- they, could, they could they could all invest in that yeah, yeah. um so anyway right. so Kobe, yeah so uh so I'm trying to think of, okay so uh, digging I, deep he's I, like I, carrot top I, he's got like all okay, his so, pro- he's got all his so props. another uh, so I wanted to so I loved uh Chex so checks to me until I came along – sound like such a prick. Until I came along, the only reason why people collected checks was because they felt really good about the signature. It's not fake. Who would fake a check? Oh, that's but a- for me, yeah. I looked at a check, and one time I looked at a check, and it changed my so, – so at the National like seven years ago, guys selling Bart Giamatti checks, the former commissioner of baseball. I'm going through it. I'm going through it. And one says Chicago Cubs 88888. 8, now I'm a freak and I know that 8888 8, 8, 8 is the first night game. So this is Peter U the memo said Peter Rubrov seats. So the four, this is this is to pay the Chicago Cubs for the former commissioner's night game tickets. And I'm like, "Oh my god, I should collect checks where there are stories." Who would have bought those seats? What do you mean? Who like like who- baseball was paying? to buy Peter Yubrow seats for Peter Yubrow oh, from wow. the Cubs. Oh okay. For, it was okay. like box seats for like $42.27. <laughs> okay. 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 So then I'm like, okay, I'm going to I'm going to try to collect checks that have stories. So this is Cole Porter paying for his, the oh penthouse at the Waldorf Astoria the year it opened. Cole Porter stayed in the penthouse and went down to show, show that check to that guy. And, and Sorry,
2: who was Cole Porter?
1: <laughs> I'll ask. <laughs> Anything goes. if a Really Center. famous. Okay. Is
0: this the 1930s? Listen, I wasn't born in the Waldorf. I was born in the 20s. Can you hold it back a little closer to your? Yeah, uh, Mike dad? wasn't born yet in the 30s. 31, right? Uh, wow, that's that's incredible.
1: Look at the look at like the handwriting on that too. It's art, and it's yeah. for two thousand one hundred seventy five dollars monthly rent. I mean, this he is, was living in the Waldorf. Yes. What's this, that today? Oh, 60, 70, yeah, so, yeah. so the other ones that I have in here, it's going to take me forever to, but I have Denzel Washington paying for his Lakers courtside seats. I have Joe Montana paying for his sophomore year apartment at Notre Dame. Wait,
2: how'd you get the Denzel one? Like, how does that even, how does that not so, get so shredded? So
1: that Okay. So that, that, that's a question I always get. So for anyone listening to this show, who's under 30, the way it used to work with with checks is that you'd write a check. It would go to that person's bank. That person would cash it. It would be sent back to your bank and they'd send it back to you. With a lot of these famous people, it's going into a big like envelope at their agents. And so – I think most of these things got out because other people were holding it, should have been shredded, of course. Their business but manager, somehow, their lawyer. Maybe someone somebody, sold a yeah, boatload yeah. of them. So I have, so that's how I have the Denzel. Check. Has
2: anybody tried to buy their
0: shit back from you?
1: No, the only thing that's happened is once I say on eBay- who- OJ
0: wants his stuff back,
1: so <laughs> I don't know. Once I say on eBay who I am, because you have to send it to me, yeah. they go, oh- did I screw up? Yeah, they're like, did, because they're selling something to you. Because they said to, to me, they right. know that like they sold something cheap and there's only one time where someone flaked on me. I bought a 1948, 1947 Boston university, uh, press pass. Yeah. Uh, for a football game. And, uh, I thought I had it. Now I don't talk. Unless I get it, I don't talk about it anymore. Okay. Uh, and I said I, I bought – it's Vin Scully's first broadcast ever. <laughs> Talked wow. about it. Someone I, I bought it for like $7. Yeah. And then the person took it back and then sold it for 3000 under Vin Scully's first oh, game ever. Oh, man. You know, so so. You, they didn't know what they had.
0: Yes. Then you're the buyer. Right. So other and then they're like, right.
1: oh, we have something. So know. other checks, I have uh, Amelia Earhart paying for nose surgery. <laughs> I have – uh of course you I, I have Babe <laughs> – have Babe Ruth paying for the equivalent of sixteen thousand dollars in alcohol? He used to drink a seven hundred fifty milliliter bottle of vodka before uh, the night before every game, um, as one does. As one does, yeah. When when your body is temple. well, Hernandez did that during yeah, the game. Exa- so yeah, exactly. I, maybe that's better. Yeah. But uh, so I have that. I actually went back to the Park Avenue Circle Liquor Store on like Thirty Eighth and Madison, and I was like, "Do you have records back to? Like, I would like to see what he actually Park bought. Avenue Liquors, uh huh?" Yeah, yeah it's it, on Madison now. Madison, yeah, thirty eighth in Madison. Yeah, yeah. Uh, why was that?
0: Where uh, Babe Ruth was yes, buying at his Park Avenue liquors. Wow. Yeah.
1: Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I'm trying to. think What's of your a-
2: favorite?
1: I know it's hard. So to- So I sold my favorite check because I I got offered 15x and I said I got to let it go. Okay. My favorite check is a great money check. So there was uh there was a, there was a, a mobster uh, in Boston, Charles Solomon who was Al Capone's like right-hand man in Boston. And on October 28th, 1929, the day before the main, there was a bunch of crashes, but the main crash, right? the stock market crash. He took $25,000 out of the bank. And as people know, there was runs on banks and they actually ran out of money. So the fact that you had a mobster who was taking physical money out of a bank the day before, is just a great like yeah. at least it's like what did he well, know who wanted he, that who wanted that so badly from So you? so he he was uh so uh Rick Probstein is a orth- uh, orthodox Jew and he's a collector and Charles Solomon's a Jewish one of the most famous Jewish masters not not Italian right okay and so that's so so he off, he's like I got to have that check I'm like not for sale not for sale until the point where I was like 15x and I was like All right, I've told the story. I'll tell the story one more time and then I'll let it go. But Darren,
0: also, no one else is buying that but this guy. Right, that's true. And you had to have,
1: that had to have, like, factored into your decision. At at least at that price. You have have Warren Buffett's high school yearbook? I have Warren Buffett's high school yearbook. I also own the largest Warren Buffett signature in the world. Largest? Yes. I would bring it here, but I think it's worth, I think someone will pay million. Well, let me ask you. What are they signed? It's on a bed of 18 uncut, uncirculated dollar bills. Wow. It, it is, he signed a sheet of uncut dollar bills? It is. It is two feet that's, long. That's I have, that's been, offered, I have been offered uh, $1.7 Now, I did turn it down. So let me just tell you the story of how this happened. Hopefully, Warren isn't listening and signed something bigger now. So like, I'm going to get Warren to sign it bigger. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, so it was in a sports auction. And I bought it for $7,500. Why was was it in a sports auction? This is why it was in a sports auction. I believe the person who consigned it had 18 other things and said, I just want to consign it or whatever. But at that point, I said, this is going to be the greatest arbitrage of my life. And the reason why I said that was I thought about I thought about the movie Dodgeball, where White Goodman says, "That's me holding a bull by the horns." Yeah, yeah. literally, and I'm, literally, literally, right, literally, and and uh, and so so I I thought about everyone in Wall Street and how many people who would say, "That's the largest Warren Buffett signature in the world," and for someone who had money, it didn't ma- it would not matter. And so if it got into a competitive bidding situation, it'd be millions and And it's so, it's it's two feet. The signature's two feet long. Do
0: you have like a warehouse? Where do you keep Well, all he's 92 shit? now,
1: so. 93 on August 1st. I don't think you sell, I don't think you sell that. Until uh, he, right until, now, right. Until he dies. And but then. but OK, but then there's a thing like, a bitch. then you sell it when he dies. Then there's a negative to that. Like, no, you know, later, or later or later or on later. his 100th birthday. Or, yeah, you or can't do it like birthday. a week later. Right. You know, you cannot do that. <laughs> oh, Warren Buffett's so 100th, 100th birthday. You where I keep things. I have a series of places just like artwork. Um, <laughs> the 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 place where most of this stuff is, is actually in Newark, New Jersey, believe it or not. Um, there's billions and billions of dollars worth of art in this nondescript building that has a guy with has barbed wire. you have to 48 hours before you have to come in, it's air conditioned. because the safety deposit boxes on these things. Are, so I have to have an Excel, I have to have insurance on all this. I have to have an Excel spreadsheet. I have to know what's where. When I want to physically have it, when I want to have pictures of it, like it's, it's not a small operation yeah. and it is, and it, it it's not just fun. You're like self-custodying to yes. some extent. Yeah.
0: Like yeah. you're a clearing and custody operation and you as well. Fi- you diversify your custodians? Is he, he is the custodian. <laughs> <laughs> he was just saying that just to- Right, right. Uh, so, so do, do you ever think that you would do this professionally for other people or- is that like a frontier that you
1: don't want to cross into? It depends on what the terms are. The The people that offer – terms are they call you every day. No, they, no, that's fine. No, that's fine. <laughs> okay, I got offered uh, $3 million to run a year to run a fund, a sports memorabilia fund or a memorabilia fund that I could not talk about what I bought. Okay. And to me, that was death. Yeah, because you, uh, you're too excited about I'm this. I'm out. Um, that's, that's the joy of it. So I'm out at some point. Like I'm fine with the pressure of the doing the SPV and the food and beverage stuff. Um, I'm wondering if this, if I would take out, if we'd take out the joy of, of this. Probably. Yeah. I feel like it's,
0: it's your hobby. And I can make
1: enough money myself. I don't need to be like, I, I can make, there's enough advantage for me in this myself, you know? It's, but it's, it's like I do the love do an of your SPV. life, though, I do so. do an SPV. So I did an SPV once, which was this ridiculous opportunity, totally wrong auction house. Um, there was so the so I own the the second most important Martin Luther King document that exists. The first is the I Have a Dream speech, which is owned by George Raveling of Nike, who was a security guard, took it probably worth 35 million dollars. Um, the warden at the Birmingham jail when he wrote letter from a Birmingham jail which is if you read it it is more poignant and more touching and insane uh than i have a dream but it's not as most speech. of the
0: i have a dream speech was uh improvised
1: anyway right the i have a dream certainly was yeah right and 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 uh so the letter you say, have he he, is- he he said i have a dream before that a couple of weeks before that but so i have I have him signing. So, so the Birmingham, the letter from the Birmingham Jail was cobbled together. Him and Ralph Abernathy, his right-hand man, they were passing notes to the outside. And so, when he left the Birmingham Jail, it, it would he had this. They had this note. So, I have the warden's logbooks where he's signing in and out his mail twelve times. Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King. And it's just such a. It's just so mind blowing. And because the the in and out, the mail part of it. So I didn't know how much it was co- gonna cost, but I knew I had to win it. It was a small auction house. And so I got a group of people together. And it's always hard. Cause you're like, when are you gonna sell it? You know, it, there's a responsibility yeah. with all these people that you really, what's the vote? What do you, you know? And so it's, it's hard to do that type of thing. Can you buy stuff. them out? You
0: just be like, look, I know you wanna get out. I don't.
1: I could, yeah. I think we share the similar, you know, like I convince people like this is the best to to, to get out. Um, right
2: how'd you get into the cocktail game
0: yeah we' gonna we gotta we gotta we, we gotta, gotta end with where, kickstand where's, cocktails where's, where's co- hey cocktails? guys in the freezer, just bring the whole bin so so this is and, exciting and gra- grab me a funnel and and bring Michael his funnel so this is exciting the the canned cocktail business is on fire, obviously um i th- I would have thought it would have petered out like a couple of summers ago just people,
1: people just like people just like the idea of people people it it, it did just start. It's people just love the vessel that it's in. And the and consistency, it's, it's the yeah. same every
0: time.
2: Let me ask you a question. So I got pitched one of these recently uh-huh. and I just thought, first of all, I don't know anything about the space. It's just going to get dominated by the biggest players. Are there room for independent yes, brands?
1: If you have enough differentiation. So so for me, I was never going to get into the cocktail space. I was at Beauty in Essex, New York City, and I had a jalapeno cucumber drink. Okay. I think I had that drink. Yeah. 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 I loved it. The second one was no good. I went down to the bartender. I said, are you the same bartender who gave me this? Yes. I go, what's the problem? He goes, it's the jalapeno. I can't tell you whether it's spicy or not. I'm like, oh, different jalapenos have different Scoville units. I get it. I'm like, you don't like cutting up jalapenos. So the first word, or you you said consistency. Every woman is putting a jalapeno in their margarita, but they don't know whether it's a spicy one or not. It's Mm. roulette. Can I create a brand whose chief differentiator is spice, offering you mild, medium, and hot, and allow that to be the differentiator? And, and then, every
0: time you click the can open, you know the what same. you're getting. But it's, why vodka inside tequila?
1: So vodka is the start because vodka is the lower calorie. It's 105 calories. Tequila is like 135. And it enables me to, you don't taste the vodka. And I love Doing that. We are doing tequila next, but like vodka, I love. So, I love, how hot but, is hot? Hold on. Let's so, get, in, so you let's get got into this. By the way, the
0: cans are beautiful. Which Thank one do you want me to drink? Black
1: and a sea white. I'd like you to drink the pineapple, actually. Char,
0: okay, so this is called charred pineapple. So, I, I like to use, uh,
1: in, in order to be differentiated, I love the fact of using using an adjective, right? Charred. Charred has never been on a can before. Cheers,
0: bitch. Is Duncan, are you allowed to drink this? Uh, probably, but I need to add it. So. so, you're okay. going to get a
1: real pineapple. Not a fake pineapple, and then you're gonna get the spice on the back end ooh, that great. will hit you in the back. I feel that the will, spice that w- that will cause this cycle of ooh, now let me drink more spice. Wait, hold let on, me drink hold more. on. Spice. This is really
0: good. It's not nice. sweet at all, well, but I taste pineapple. Sweet.
1: But this is this is a complex cocktail that if Beauty and Essex poured this and put a little fruit on it, you'd be like, wow, this is a fifteen dollar cocktail at a bar. So, so my, I had a couple. I had to do. I had to make the spice what it was, but it also had to be, these. The, all these cocktails are overly sweetened. Do you know why the eight pack has been like the prevalent, it, it's like, you can only drink two black cherries and then you have to go on to two mangoes and then you have to go on, you can drink 11 of these because it gets you to a net zero. Once you swallow, you're, you, we're talking about like, there's no aftertaste. It's not lingering. I it's don't.
0: I, I don't taste what I taste. Like no disrespect to any of the brands out High there. High
1: Noon is a fake pineapple.
0: I don't like uh white. I don't like White Claw because of what lingers after. Yeah, the malt. I is. love High Noon. The White Claws are undrinkable. White Claw, like White Claw, is yeah. hard for me. Just not, and I know people love it. It's just like
1: I can't have more than so one. So you of those. said. So you. So you said how hot is hot? Well, let me bring you. I'll bring you. Uh, so this is called a medium one. Yeah. Here's okay. another medium. We, I only have one here. This is like, no big deal. It's not about, spicy. It's, okay. It's, it's great. You want to, do, you want to try that? Wait, what's the ABV of this? Five and a half percent ABV, 105 calories, three grams of carbs, no added sugar, gluten free, and kosher. So f- perfect. So, so fu- what you're going to get, hold on, what you're going to get there is you're going to get a dry peach, not a snapple peach. It'll hit you in the tongue, and then one, two, three, four, five, hit you in the back of the throat. It's great. So it gives you a bourbon burn with a vodka. Sorry, do sure. not do not cut that. Do not cut that separately. We're not cutting and anything, and it's gonna hit you in the back of the throat. Now I love it. <laughs> Wait, so
0: are they all five
1: and a half? Yes. Uh, but even this, it's not. What too, is that I mean, comparable to? It's not spicy. Well, it's not I'm, too spicy. its the, I'm not. If I did a jackass cocktail, that's not in my best interest. <laughs> no, wh- but, what is five and a half comparable to? That's high like new a, is about five. So it's, it's, a, it's a higher beer. It's like a little bit higher beer. like, like a high, like, high IPA. You got, you got, you, no, high IPA is It's like seven and, and a half. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you have okay. to stay under six because in order to get into supermarkets across the country in states that allow supermarkets, you got to hit it there. All right, what are the other flavors? Uh, so here, you should try it. You want to try a raspberry? Yeah, let, let me hit so one again, of So again, that's really me, light. Okay, This is wonderful. You like it, I right? I love it. Cool. Where do you sell these? So here's the strategy. Uh, you cannot go wide. You have to go deep. So I picked the states I'm i going always, into.
0: I have always said that. Tell us why that's important with this. Because you're
1: going up against... All the big guys. So you've got if to you gotta build do not a have, fan base. Somewhere. If you do not have a market manager in that market, you're dead. I agree. If with you that. do not have someone who is in in a supermarket or in a who walks in who talks to people who know, you actually will die and lose all your money. You know how many people go into a market and then go, oh, I'll just let the broker do it. No, no, no. you need an eighty thousand dollar employee who you give benefits to and has some equity. So I went into Tennessee. I liked Nashville. Uh, we got a market manager there. I hired a guy from Red Bull. We went into Arizona. I loved Ooh, that's, Arizona. That's I knew I can.
0: The, the raspberries raspberry. Um, that's good. Okay, so,
1: go on. So so I got someone in Arizona. So I only went into Tennessee, Arizona, Pennsylvania, and my investors are going to me. But but we're in New York and New Jersey. I go. I'm sorry. I know part of it is like you want to tell people this is my drink. I got it. But Eventually. my idea yeah, right. my idea. And so we're DTC, so we're in 35 states direct to consumer on our website. You can get it in New York and But New are
0: Jersey. you DTF? No. What's that? It's uh kickstandcocktails.com is, co- a- kickstand <laughs> t- is the oh, site. Oh, I got it. Thank you. Ki- <laughs>
1: that, was, that wasn't part of my
0: month. Uh kickstandcocktails.com cocktails. Yes. is the Okay. Yeah. So but you if you're can not sell it to anybody
2: if you're not if you're not in New York physically can I still order in York? You can order
1: it online. Yeah, so we we can do it online. Um but in other words you got to get into you have to get deep into these markets. So we're entering we'll be in Florida in January. We're going to enter Illinois, uh but we're going to do it we're going to do it slow. And in some area like in the biggest store in Nashville, we are going head to head with High Noon. Yeah. Because and and you have to do that. You have to have wins and you have to be eventually say we beat high noon in the biggest store in nashville right otherwise you're just in no man's land is the spice is so i love it
0: mm-hmm. is the spice element the thing that's going to enable you to beat high noon or hold you back because not everybody is
1: into a spicy cocktail so so have you what, thought about what, that what, of course what what i would say is we have the highest try to buy ratio in the entire alcohol business oh shit which means that 90% of my marketing is sampling People get scared because all this, I'm like coconut water. You try a bad coconut water in Whole Foods, you're never going into that category. You will never drink another coconut water. A lot of people go, oh, spice. I'm scared. I don't like spicy food. I don't like spicy drinks. And then the person's drinking the peach and she goes, that's my favorite. It's delicious. So, So the spice is really, I don't like to say this, but like the spice is really, it provides a complexity. When you drink other drinks, it starts out the same as it ends. Oh, this is a mango. It's flat. These actually like grow on you, right? Like it's a different experience if you're drinking the peach and the, so like- What's the biggest demographic? Like what's the, who are the people most likely to adopt? There's 62 million Hispanics in this country. That's growing. They're going to be 35, 40% of this country. Uh, But we're about 60, 40 women to men. Again, because- you know, be, and and people are like, oh, well, it looks a little bit masculine. That's kind of like for this, it's kind of like, I need to be black in a sea of white. Everyone's white. Smart. You, you look at my, I need to be differentiated yeah, every yeah. single turn. It is crazy. As you said, to be in this business, you got to be crazy. I think I can win because I'm black in a sea of white. I'm. I stand for spice. There's I'm giving it the best shot, and we're, we're, we're really doing well. Do you have any uh, celebrities
0: or people like that in mind? So our, our investors
1: in? are J.J. Watt, T.J. Watt, um, Brad Keselowski. Eddie George has been amazing for us in Ohio because we're in Ohio. Ohio, State. Ohio and when we brought in Ohio State, oh, my God. And by the way, real-time big money investors, they are not like, I'll throw it to you this way. How was raising money? It was easy to raise money the first time. Uh, because I raised too little. What I didn't realize is some of these, these, uh, canned cocktails are raising 30, 40 million on two and a half, three million in revenue. Yeah. And it's like, they're, Not ta- anymore. they're taking one. Be- oh, like, like, honestly, like two months ago, like, and so I rate, we, our first raise was 2.3 million. And now we're getting orders of 250,000, 300,000. And so it's like, and in order to achieve, this is a volume business. You need to achieve economies of scale. So we need to order 500,000 boxes at one time, Mm. you know? So like I raise too little, but the fact that we have the trajectory that we do makes it easier. As long as your valuation makes sense, right? Like that's the thing you can say like, Oh, like it's, it's based on retail sales valuation. So like, Body Armor gets $8 because they're $1 billion in, in retail sales. Right. Okay, what are they like? Like, it's not EBITDA. It's not like, what, what, what are they? Their net profit is probably $175 million on, well, on not, that. But the that's not what, what it is. So it's based on retail sales. You need to have, you know, realistic retail sales. And I think you can raise money if you make sense. Okay. That, that, that's, and I think a lot of people don't make sense. Right. They, they are putting in their decks,
0: just- Do you want all- money from like consumer
1: product co- companies or, or so my people first, that have so done I put, this? So this is the way I did it. The first, the first time I put, so I put in all, it was only my money. So I put in only my money. I built the product and I had it in a state before I said, I want to just go to friends.
2: You funded it with that check you sold. I've, I've,
1: I've, right. I I've, I've funded it by basically saying, I'm not selling you an an idea I'm selling to friends. So I got to say like, this is good. I built this thing. Then I basically sold it to just friends. And you know, I think there's a, obviously a greater, my, my, my wife is always like, why would you do the friends thing? Like, it seems like there's a greater responsibility. It's like, well, because people know that I live this and like, it's gonna be fun when we make it. You have yeah. to have the entrepreneur. She's like range. Darren.
0: We're not gonna be able to go out to dinner with them anymore. Exactly, this well, doesn't work. Well, that
1: actually happened with Bitcoin people. I couldn't go out to dinner with people <laughs> right. who were deep into Bitcoin because right. it was like I you, still won't your your aunt on er, you know who is selling Herbalife. I'm like yeah, I yeah. can't go out with that can't guy. Listen to that shit. Yeah, anymore. it's like it's like you're telling me exactly when the halving cycles are. But if you know exactly when, everyone knows exactly when. And like, yeah. where in Adam Smith's Wealth of Nations did we say yeah. this is so predict? <laughs> Everything is predictable. So, uh, so, but yeah. you got, but you got friends involved. I got and it's, friends involved, and it's, and, and it's but working. now it's the, but now it's to the point where I probably would want, we are raising again, and I probably want either a little institutional money or someone who like a gallo who, as long as I don't give up too much upside, right? That's, right. that's the other issue now. Cause then they come in and they they say, if you're at this in sales, it unlocks this option for us to buy it at X. right? Okay. And so that's that's always a consideration. Well,
0: dude, I'm I'm proud of you. This, yeah. This, thank you. This, this is the. Deli- I haven't tasted it before. I know you sent a a, a few to a friend of mine. Yeah. And I've been looking forward to trying these. I absolutely love. them. Thank you. When do you think you When do you think you will be in New York? Five years or two years? No, 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 no. no,
1: no. Uh, probably six to eight months.
0: Okay. All right. Yeah. So it's in the works. Yeah. All right. Well done. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna wrap the show. Uh, did you have fun today? Yeah. This is great. Yeah? yeah. All right um guys this happy is- to
1: be a hundred do i man. get a shirt or a certificate a hundred percent you do
0: <laughs> this is the part of the show where we leave people with a favorite something you're watching listening to reading anything that you think the audience should uh should check out and uh we'll start with you if you have something in mind threads uh <laughs> let's get into it
1: uh no How popular
0: I mean, are you on threads so far are you like
1: no i got like eight, eight thousand followers no it's uh am i beating I- you probably. No, I don't think so. You're, you're good at this stuff. It's no no no. I I just just why just don't dismiss it. Just go into it for a couple days. I can't believe how many people are like doubt. I think Elon gave Zuckerberg the window to to do things here. I think you know what they did with Instagram stories yeah. and how they shot down Snapchat like immediately killed, by copying them. Killed, them. killed them. Killed them. Yeah. Killed them. Uh I, I, I Wait, think do you, hold on. You think that most people doubt this? Cause I'm having the opposite right, right. Well, right now impression. there's a lot, a lot of people who say, ah, there's no chronological time. My news people are saying no chronological uh, okay. timeline. So no, they'll, they'll have it. No, they'll have it yeah. in a second. There's yeah. not hundreds of right. people working on journal- this. Journalists love Twitter of though. In general, they
2: do. By the way, how many employees from Twitter did they poach over the last six months?
1: Well, they didn't poach. They they, well, they, yeah, fired yeah, they, fired the they were lying on the yeah, floor yeah. and they picked them up. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, like, I, you know, I, I think there's just – what what there was in the last 24 hours was just a lot of momentum on just people thinking that there's a nice platform, that people are rooting for each other. I grabbed other, one is, of your
2: threads. Which is wh- – You threaded. Is that what we're calling it? Yeah, he I, I do
0: he, he stitched. So Darren stitched, stitched.
2: Time it took to reach 10 million users. Facebook, 852 days. Twitter, 780. Instagram, 355. Clubhouse, 347. Google, plus 16. And threads, seven hours.
0: Seven hours to ten And
1: million. people go, well, that's because they have the Instagram. I'm like, okay. Yeah. They well, did, they yeah, do. Exactly. That's what yeah. they yeah. Is that your yeah. best yeah. thread? Is that your best threaded thing Oh, he so tweeted far? that too. He tweeted it too. Yeah. Okay. I grabbed it from threads. I was worried Elon was gonna kick me off, but uh.
0: Um if you're so here's the smart things that Zuckerberg did. If you were verified on Instagram, you're automatically yes. verified on yes. genius. Meanwhile, one.
1: Elon went the other way, which said anyone can be verified as long as seen. you're paid. So now trolls are verified. So now it which means nothing. It means nothing, and it actually means less. It's actually worse. It's a bigger it's red flag. Right. He turned
0: the blue check into like either this guy's a loser who's paying right. for Twitter right? or this guy's not who they say they are. It's Crazy. like either way, it's not good. Okay, so I thought they did that really well. The other thing is, I've, I mean, this could change – People are on their best behavior today on threads because, like, the first day of school. Everyone's wearing their nicest shit. Right,
1: right That their mom laid
0: out for them. But I did also, someone already. But also, your friends and family are there because they're there on Instagram. Right, right. So the built-in audience Correct. They, that's social it graph bre- it
1: it breeds what Instagram has bred which is the feel good we're all together let's boost you up versus Instagram which is versus Twitter which is let's punch you in the face and, and no knows no, on no one
0: knows who I am I'm going to be the biggest fucking fire breathing dragon right. I could be right. and nobody I know in the real world is going to see me behaving right, like this exactly. this is not that
1: so it might become that. I haven't said that. that's true. That's a good, that's a good point.
0: So uh, those are the two things, um, but I'm, I'm into it. I'm, I'm seeing, you know, what happens. Yep. It's been a while since I've been on one of these things to be on. I've been on Instagram the whole time, but I haven't but tweeted in three years. But it's hard to recreate the magic. It's yeah. hard to
1: recreate the magic of social media. It's just, it's not the I same. found that out on, on vacation when I saw you. I didn't know you hadn't tweeted in three
0: Yeah, years. I just, I left Memorial Day weekend um, during COVID and I never came back i probably pulled up like 10 tweets since then. So, but I'll, I'll give this a shot. Uh, Michael, you got a favorite for us today? Yeah, King of Collectibles was fun. It's like, it's like uh, modern porn stuff. Pawn stars. Yeah,
1: and the guy who who directed it, the producer, it did, did a good porn job. stars. So oh, that's yeah? why it looked like it. Oh, you did yeah. a good job. It was fun. <laughs> I, I don't like saying porn. <laughs> porn. <Pawn stars. laughs> porn stars. As a Long Island guy, I do not like saying porn because people think it's porn. And...
0: Pawn, pawn stars. <laughs> Dude, I f-ing said pawn stars. Um, uh, no, I know you said the right yeah. thing. Okay. Porn hub. Uh, pawn hub.
1: <laughs> um, it's
0: where there's all these- I wanted to give a shout out to that pizza place we went to last week. Was that last week or was we it the week before? Oh, oh, oh. oh, that was good. How good was that? Don McKellie? Oh. Am I, I saying it right? Yeah, Don McKell- McKellie so- is the famous place in Naples. So they opened in Manhattan. I went to it
1: in Naples. Horrible. Not good. Not good. Why? Americans touristy, touristy. make no. Americans make better pizza. I okay. don't like this non-sodium cheese and okay. this not. I I like you know like.
0: Go, bro, go to the one here. It's 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 okay. Letty, and the they, pasta was good. The pasta was better than the pizza. So I Dom
1: and Kelly in Naples, you get five pizzas for ten dollars. The two dollars. Oh, oh a my pizza. god! And and you <laughs> wait an hour and a half. And I went to Naples just for that.
0: Oh, uh, like- you must be disappointed. Uh, anyway, the one in the one in Manhattan, I think, opened in January. We got over there last week for the good. first time. I thought it was really good. I want to go back already. All right, Duncan, do we have anything we need to do for our 100th anniversary, or are we good to roll out? I think we're good. Can you believe we've done this 100 times? Hard to believe. John? Just, get, just getting started. Huh? You've, so you guys have been here the entire time. Has Nicole been here for all 100 shows? Yeah. Pretty no. close? I think she probably, probably wandered. Probably right in, in some... the 20s. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, on behalf of the listeners— and on behalf of uh, Michael and I, I, just want to say thank you. John, Duncan, Nicole, recently Rob, Tucker, thanks for all your work this summer. Sean, I know you're out there listening. Thank you. Michael and I don't make the show by ourselves. I know you guys know that. All of you have done an amazing job uh, bringing this thing to life. And uh, we're crushing it. And it's because of your hard work. So thank you so much. Darren Ravel, ladies and gentlemen. Darren, thanks thank for you. coming in. Really appreciate it And uh, Alright guys That's it for us this week Hope everybody has a great weekend Do the liking And the subscribing And all Where the stuff Where do people stuff. get this
1: sh- Kickstandcocktails.com Kickstand <laughs> Come on no, That now. was good That was like acapella <laughs> Look at that Kickstandcocktails.com
0: Alright Hey That might be you Might have something there Alright thanks Darren Talk to you guys soon Bye oh, Alright so that was like A little bit of a warm up We just want to Kind of get the cobwebs out and- <laughs> Wait I gotta
1: show you All my shit.